Hey, this is big, Papa Pump Scott's Diner. Yes, yes, it is me, Gerald Zipupe. Hey, this is Joe Gatto. And well, hello there. It's me, Harold the Puppet. This is Eric Yama. This is Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, and you are listening to Shootin' Poop. The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 59 of Shootin' Shit. We have not jumped the shark, but we do shoot it every week here. <laughs> gentlemen, I know you could tell that's not the premier Joey K up there. He is somewhere in the annals of Philadelphia having a Philly steamer, which was you got the anal part right. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> He's in the annals of Philadelphia having a Philly steamer, watching the Phillies and the Philadelphia Eagles do their thing tonight. Hopefully they both win so he can be here next week and we don't have to go out looking for him after he goes on another binger of grinders, big ladies, and alcohol. So... Are we ready? I think we are. Let's I go. think we are. By the way, E.T., such a sad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Though it looks really nice, you know what's funny is that shirt. Dennis bought me that shirt that we got that at the the Chicagoland show we went to right after he had his surgery. I drove up to uh, Chicago and then we drove what another four hours to Indiana. You drove you drove, you drove an hour and a half from your house to mine, and then we t- we got my, basically almost as soon as you got to my house, we got in my car, and you drove uh to about a little around two hours to the show. Cause like I said, I was like two weeks removed from my first knee surgery yeah. and I couldn't drive. So, cause my brace still had to be locked. So you were, you were kind enough to drive for me. Then we got home and then you st- and then you uh, decided you, well, you didn't want to stay the night. Cause you, you thought yeah. you were too good for my house and my living room couch. That is not true at all. And you no, know it's that, not. Man. It's not true. He wanted <laughs> to get home to his lovely wife. I just Gabby. wanted to get home and climb a bed with my wife. She's fine. Why would I not want to be next to my fine ass wife? Every chance I get. 
Hey, that was a cool hey, night, though, man. We met yeah. Marche. I met Marche Rocket that night, and we met the Samurai. What's his name? Sat right next to his wife the whole night. We were clowning oh, everybody ringside. It was a good night. Oh man, those shows were good, man. Jovan, I know you. You, you got to come up one of these days for a Chicago Land Championship right wrestling show. Sure. They got this one dude though has no ass. I mean none, like no ass. <laughs> I don't even know how his tights stay up, bro. Are you talking about the nerd? Yeah, dude. Dude, that dude is so fun. Like that dude is so good. He was at um his name is uh Nelson. I think he goes by Nelson Edward Robert Doolittle the fifth, but for sure, you know, abbreviated sure. nerd. That dude is a major heat magnet. He got so he probably got more heat at the last CCW show that I just went to about a a month ago, probably more so than anybody else. Really? Well, yeah. dude, he looks like a, somebody put a pair of shorts on a frog and then stood the frog up. <laughs> dude, he's basically CCW's version of James Ellsworth. Oh, that's they traded. I mean, that's accurate. No that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. But no, he he's actually a real. I talked to him after the show. And to like most like a lot of the guys, I know Sean and I spent some time talking to some of the talent after the show we went yeah. to and that and stuff. But man, those the, them indie guys, man, there's some really good people, man. They really are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of those guys have been at it, man, for like 10, 12, 13, like the yeah. Youth Gone Wild, this tag team. Yeah. They've been on the scene for like 13 years, you know, and just waiting for somebody to notice them and give them a break, you know. Yeah. So yeah. All right. I love indie wrestling, bro. I love it. We love indie wrestling. We love when people get their breaks. But we also love when companies get their breaks, gentlemen. Let's dive in first. GCW just got themselves a streaming deal. And I love the shirt. I like the shirt, bro. What are we thinking on this, guys? Fight Plus. You know what? I was really excited when I heard this because... As uh, as most of our shooters that listen to this show, you know how five, six, whatever, you know that consistent, you know, or in Jovan's case, two, um, and stuff. No, we a lot. Sean and I went to uh, our first GCW show along with Jovan. I believe that was your second, uh, third. third? I was at Thunder Rosa all out weekend. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. All out man. weekend, and for Sean and I, like I said it was our first time watching a GCW show live. And the one thing that I'm most excited, and I think I said this to one of you guys or someone that was with our group, because it was us, us three, uh, our friend Patrick, and then our guy Ty, uh, which if you've ever, if, if, if you're in the Illinois area and you, you, if you've gone to a show with Ty, you know what I mean, but he is a, he is definitely an interesting person to go to a wrestling show with. <laughs> he was so out of his element. The chance yeah. of what are the rules was freaking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> and, well, I mean, and come on, man! He had a point. They had a they had a they had a twelve pack on a pole match. You know, I think my favorite, and this is probably my favorite tie memory, and then we'll kind of get into this deal. Was we all know Ty likes the ladies, but I like, I, mean, I don't we, understand why he doesn't have one. Well, no, no, this is this is so funny though because we were all watching the show, and this is I think when uh, Cardona was out, and I think I forgot who he was wrestling. Was it Jimmy Lloyd or something like that? I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then towards the end of the match, Chelsea Green got up on the apron and lifted up her shirt, and she wasn't wearing a bra. I, I we don't, all I don't, it, but Ty missed it. I don't remember I, that uh, at all. I don't remember any of that happening at all. 
Yeah, I think somebody else missed it up there. Yeah, you know, I didn't see that. He must have been with Ty getting beers or something when that happened. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll just leave it for his sake because I don't want to get him in. I don't want any, yeah. I don't want him getting any. Jesus Christ, okay. But, anyways, <laughs> going back to the topic at hand, I think this is a great deal because, like I was going to say, I was one of you guys or something. I said, I'm looking forward to this show, but the only thing I don't like is, is I don't know a lot of the like the the wrestlers, so I don't know like what's going on, you know, the stories or anything like that. And I don't, outside of like you know our guy Mance Warner, who we are all huge fans of here, um, Nick Gage, and maybe a few other guys like Matt Cardona and stuff like that. We really didn't know a lot of the talent, and it's kind of it's sometimes it's you know. It's still fun to go to a show, but when you really don't know who's who and like who to cheer for, like who are the heels, who are the faces and everything, it's kind of hard to kind of prep yourself for the show, you know, and get an idea of what to expect. You almost kind of have to listen to the crowd and, and kind of go with them to get your feel for it. But I think this is really great because this is going to give people like us who are just really starting to get into GCW a chance to go back and, you know, see, you know, like Matt Cardona's first death match against Nick Gage. Uh, you know, Mox beating Matt Cardona for the GCW title and then subsequently turn around just losing it to, you know, Nick Gage recently. It's It gives us a chance to, hell, we could even go back and watch the show that we were at because, you know, we could only see so much mm-hmm. based on, of the action based on where we were sitting. And that and I just think it's a really great – it's a great value. I mean, it was like five bucks a month and mm-hmm. stuff. So you get, you know, basically access to GCW's entire back catalog, any future shows they do. And I think I think there's some other promotions. I think like Black Label Pro and a few others. And then there's some other stuff. And I mean, it's a really great deal. And I think it's a great move for GCW because that is definitely going to kind of help them because you know they're probably arguably the biggest independent promotion in the United States right now. And this is only going to do nothing but help them grow even more. So I love it. That's a lot of information right there, bro. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm. I'm excited about it in the sense of not only was it my first live GCW show, but it was the first time I watched deathmatch wrestling period. I have never kind of, I mean, I seen videos like clips and stuff like that. And, and to be honest, I, I, I always kind of thought maybe man, this ain't wrestling, you know, to me at that time. But after going to that show, kind of opened my eyes to it a little bit more. And I got to say that I, you know, they earned my respect for sure watching the bumps that they took and the matches that they were in. And the Briscoe brothers were there. And I mean, there was a lot of great stuff going on and just like hearing those glass tubes, just (laughs) man, that was something. And just, you know, I mean, I think I see, I mean, GCW getting this deal and then MLW also got, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but they signed, what was that, Pro Wrestling TV? Pro Wrestling TV. Uh So, and there's so much wrestling content on that that I think it's pretty cool that with what's going on with what AEW has kind of done is like they went, there's more than just WWE and then these other companies that the three of us already knew about, like MLW and AA Dub, and and the companies down in Texas that Javon knows about that we have we've never seen or know nothing about, we're going to get an opportunity maybe somewhere down the line to see Booker T's, you know, Fed or Tommy yeah, Dreamers, yeah. 
promotion. We're going to have opportunities to see a lot more and that's going to open the door for a lot of these guys to come up. Like I don't, I don't ever see J- GCW being like mainstream television just because of the content. I mean, come on, man. I mean, compared to what ECW were doing, these guys are like killing people compared to what ECW was doing. And that was too <laughs> extreme for TV at, a, at that time. But I mean, with what Nick Gage has done and just <coughs> what that federation has done, like, I mean, they do that fan base is rabid. Yeah, like, I mean, they're mm-hmm. and so eclectic and just accepting. Like, I mean, not to get into it, but I mean, there was like, I feel like that's like very welcoming the LGBTQT community. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was every type of wrestling fan that was there. I'm and pretty then, sure one of them was trying to take DDJ home. I'm sure. Oh, I'm positive they were. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, look at him. He's a rough and rugged. He's rough, rugged, and ready, bro. He's. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Hold on, ladies. He's married. But I just, you know, I mean, like I when Gage when Gage came out and those guys lined up, man. I mean, it was like, oh my level. god. Like I, I don't. I mean, the closest thing I can even re- remotely compare that to was when I was at the Sportatorium as a kid and one of the Von Erics walked down the aisle. Because they just, I mean, it wasn't obviously as crazy and loud, but I mean, the adoration and the love and, and what they have for that guy and what he's put himself through, you can't take that away from him, man. I mean, there's, can he wrestle other stuff? I think he could. Like, I think mm-hmm. he could be a mainstream guy and and make his money that way, but that's just not who he is and it's not what people want from him. So he's punk rock, bro, and that's, that's GCW. I think it's great for him. I'm really happy that they're getting an opportunity to, get that product out and it's going to give us a chance to get familiar with it. And I will, as long as I'm with you two clowns, I will definitely go to another GCW show. So, well, I want to say one, one thing, uh, a couple things real quick. Um, and then I'll let Jovan talk. Um, you no, mentioned Nick Gage. The show. It's not a big deal. <laughs> well, we're not going to go there. So, <laughs> cause I'm, I'm, I, but, uh, but no, I'll make it quick. Nick Gage, like you said, you talk about how he's revered. To me, he's GCW's uh, Sandman. Yo, oh, for yes. sure. And he, and if you've ever Except got a, he's a better wrestler than Sandman. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but I'm not. No, Sandman no, didn't no. need to be a good wrestler, though. It's fair. But um, but also too, he did a meet and greet after the show. You know, and I wanted to meet him, especially coming off the really good episode of Dark Side of the Ring that they did about right. him. Which, if you got a few shooters, if you haven't had a chance to see it, go out of your way to find that uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode on Nick Gage. It's 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 a really good redemption story and stuff. But uh, Nick Gage is a humble guy. Like he doesn't let the the fat you know the fame and everything go to his head. Like first thing he asked me is like I told him it was my first time uh, going to a GCW show and he asked me I think first thing he asked me is did you have a good time, and I said absolutely you know I definitely I said it won't be my last and stuff and we talked for a couple minutes and stuff but dude is super humble so uh, well, dude, yeah. yeah he's the king of the island of misfit toys bro I mean right. he just I mean they just they love it he just that's just who he is man yeah all right Jovan let's hear your take buddy all right man so. GCW getting a streaming service is it's it's awesome it's amazing. Uh, my hope and ask is that they get better cameras, maybe more camera crew, so we cannot have these glitches that we have every time we pay twenty dollars to watch an event. Um, 
five ninety nine is going to be a great price point uh, if they mm-hmm. can provide the content regularly. I'm I'm here. I'm all in for it. Um, the catalog of things, man. There's a lot of good matches you could go back and watch for people who haven't been into GCW yet. I had a friend of mine recently post that he was excited to start watching GCW since he saw it was only five bucks a month, and it was asking, you know, for for things to watch. And of course, everybody went to <clears throat> Gage and Mox, Cardona, um, and Mox, Cardona and Gage, and. That's a lot of the newer stuff, but there's some stuff out there, man. A little bit older. If you could find anything, you know, with um, Alex Cologne, anything in the ultraviolet. I mean, me, I'm a big GCW guy. I've watched for quite a while. Um, I'm a big fan of Schlack. Schlack had a lot mm-hmm. of good matches um, when he was the Deathmatch champion. Great matches, but I'm, I personally go into it loving Deathmatch wrestling, and you know, I, I've told people a lot of times my favorite wrestler was Mick Foley um, because back in the day, you know, Cactus Jack is what me and my grandfather watched and this yeah. hardcore Texas guy getting his ear blown off and <laughs> going through barbed wire and smiling at people as a red-blooded uh, red Texan. You mean, that's that's what we do. We needed it in cowboy boots. So, fuck yeah, Texas. That's the mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um... I like what this opens up, man. I like what it opens up the possibilities. Because like you guys said, Black Label Pro followed suit. So did Pro Wrestling Revolver. They followed suit. Um, I would love to see, like you guys said, House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamers thing. I would love to see them. I would too. Um, HOG, which House is where Glory. House of Glory, where we got, you know, Private Party. would love to see them. Isn't that amazing Reds promotion? It is. And there, there's a lot of those small ones. Like, hell, I would, I want to get Pro Wrestling Gorilla off of High Spots TV and get them on a proper streaming platform where we can oh. see all the bolas. I would love that. Yeah. But we're getting there. I think um, this feels like a new surge for indie wrestling, kind of what IWTV was doing. Mm-hmm. But this feels like for the indie plus crowd. This is an indie indie. Those are your more known indie acts that are getting their own right. service. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's gonna open. It's gonna open the door for more, man. And and before you, before we move on to the next topic, a little bit of a fun story about uh, three a couple hours ago. I had to run to uh, run and get some stuff, uh, get some wrapping paper and a card for the wedding that my wife and I are going to, and then I had to run to Walmart to get some uh, water and a few other things. And as I was checking out, I had my uh, GCF and W shirt on. And this guy was like the next I would check out laying over. Uh, he he saw my shirt and he goes, "Oh, isn't that um where Mo- you know Mox came from?" And I'm like, "Well, kind of." You know, I said he did some wrestling for them and stuff. You know, and he just recently dropped the title. And we ended up talking for like re- about just wrestling in general for like about five minutes. And that just stemmed from a guy who was commenting on my GCW yeah. shirt that I was wearing. That happens to me all the time too. My old lady gets so mad. My my wife does too. She yeah. rolls her eyes. We'll be at the bar and somebody'll be like, "Dude, I like your punk shirt," and then they'll just start talking about wrestling or whatever, you know. Or I got a guy stop- nerds, man. Yo, yeah, dude. I mean, the pro- the difference is, is we're not ashamed of it. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's the difference. Well, we yeah. it's like we said a few weeks ago. You know, wrestling is really something that has a fan base unlike any other because. 
yeah, we hit, you know, you have those people out there like, oh, you can only watch WWE or, you know, like AEW. It's one or the other. But there are fans that like us who like all wrestling. And it really is. There's no, the wrestling, pro wrestling fan community is unlike any other fan base for like, you know, NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA and stuff. Because it's like, man, it's just, there, there's there, nothing, nothing brings people together like a pro wrestling show, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Well, bringing people together, it's a great reason that we all love pro wrestling. This next topic may bring some people together and may divide some people. You know, it's one of those controversial, depends on what side of the fence you sit on it. But let's go ahead and jump in head first. Of course, I'm hitting that WWE's premium live event, Crown Jewel, coming up this weekend from Saudi Arabia. We're hearing some stuff, DDJ. What's going on? Oh, there's been some uh, rumors going around, or and it's being reported that there's some intelligence that between the Americans and the Saudi Arabians that apparently there is uh, a chance that, um, or there's some sort of there's some n- notions out there saying that the country of Iran could possibly be launching some sort of attack on Saudi Arabia, and obviously this would affect possibly affect the show. So there was some controversy as to, you know, whether or not the show was still going to be going on, which as of us recording this, it's still on. I believe some of the talents already arrived there. Cause I saw pictures of like Bailey with damage control. I believe they posted some pictures on there, you know, off of uh, their Twitters that they're there and stuff, you know, and the controversy is, you know, mm-hmm. it's whether or not the show is going on because it sounds like it is, but, the debate, and I think this is where this topic is going to lead our next part of this, this show, is, is it, you know, should it be happening or should they have canceled it, postponed it? Or like there was a fake thing going around uh, the Internet yesterday saying that it was going to be moved, done at the Performance Center, you know, with in front of a very small crowd, you know, pretty similar to what they did with uh, the WrestleMania, the one, you know, back in 2020 and stuff, you know, where they did it in front of nobody and that. So, um, guys, what are your uh, thoughts? I mean, obviously we know the show's going on, but, I mean, the question is, should it, or would you rather them see it get canceled or rescheduled? Well, I mean, I feel like if – man, this is such – like, this is a tough one for me because the wrestling fan in me, like, I watch this every year. Mm-hmm. Every year I watch it. And the Chicard um, is really shaping up to be a good one, too. Um, and it always seems to be a good card, and there's always matches that I want to see. And like we were talking earlier, like Sean came back out of retirement with the uh, Antag. I mean, the, the, the match was a dumpster fire, but the idea of it was pretty awesome. Um, the other aspect of it is, is like, I just like – it's almost, I almost feel dirty <laughs> watching it just because of, you know, the humanitarian issues that are there and, and all that. And I'm not going to get into the political stuff because that has no place in a wrestling podcast, but I just feel like, you know, ultimately these are our wrestling. These are our wrestlers from the, our country. They need to be safe. They need to be taken care of. And the idea that, 
we're going to put them at risk just because this is all in motion and there's so much money involved. The idea of backing out is just, I don't know. I, I just feel like this is one of those deals where they're just like, you know what, this is a lot of money and we're going to go ahead and it's worth the risk. Apparently. I mean, they go every year. So, I mean, I can't imagine it's that safe over there any year, let alone just because now there's, there's, there's been threats every year they've went over there. Hasn't there? This is well. I'm sure there have been, but this is the first time where I think it's been made public that, you know, that there's a distinct, like there isn't there, there's intelligence like that something could happen. I think this is the, this is the first time I can recall something of this nature being prevalent, you know, you know, possibly or happening during one of these shows. So, I mean, obviously any t- any sporting event or any public event, there's always an inherent risk of something like this happening because, you know, it's usually a mass gathering and that's where these people that, you know, these sickos that are, you know, behind yeah. these plots and stuff like to do that because they know that'll get the most attention and that. So, but I mean, like you said, uh, just the most important thing is the safety of these men and women who are going yeah. overseas to, you know, perform for the people of Saudi Arabia and for all of us worldwide who are going to be watching it on Peacock and stuff, you know, like I said, I'm looking for this show. Cause I think this is one of the better cards that they've put together for one of these shows. I mean, you've got, um, you know, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, um, Roman Reigns versus uh, Logan Paul, which, both of us, you know, we're not fans of Logan Paul, but the two matches he had, he's put on, you know, were not bad. They were really good. You can good. go, man. As far as celebrity performers have gone, I mean, the guy, the kid had, he's had two good matches. So you can't right. really think, I mean, as an end, as a, I mean, I think he's a pretty good wrestler. I think he's mm. a shitty human being. Right. <laughs> but, but he's a pretty good wrestler, you know, and. Yeah. You know, if we, if we threw away everybody that was a shitty human being, but a good wrestler, that's most of the people we all grew up loving, you know? <laughs> yeah. You would maybe have Ricky Steamboat, Mick Foley, Diamond Dallas Page, and yeah. maybe a few others and stuff. So, but I mean, the car, like I said, the card itself is looking good. So, I mean, in a sense, I'm glad the show is still going on because I was, I've been really looking forward to this show. But at the same time, if it came right down to it, the most important thing are, are the health and well-being, you know, of all these men and women who are going over there. And that's ultimately, I think all of us as wrestling fans want them to, right. you know, go over there, do their thing, and just get home safely. Gentlemen, I take you back to March 2020. A little virus started to sweep the nation. And what happened? WrestleMania is coming up in April. You know what? Government officials are saying, hey, it's not safe to have 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 plus people in a stadium right now. Ask to ask because, you know, they pack those things in. It's not safe. We shouldn't do it. So what happens? They pull it off in the Performance Center. Two nights of WrestleMania in the Performance Center. And... Did it diminish the product? A little bit. You missed the fan interaction. But at the time, it's what needed to be done for the safety of the performers, for the safety of the people. And it was the world that we were in. Yeah. Now, the same thing applies to the Saudi Arabia deal. My thing is, 
as a fan, yes, I want to see the card. I want to see the matches. I don't want the people over there not to be able to see these matches, the card, because, hell, I can go to a wrestling event here and, you know, they don't have that luxury. When it goes for them, it is a big deal and people get excited. And, yes, their kids are watching and that's influencing the future. And hopefully one day the humanitarian issues that we talked about earlier are resolved through the next generation who had a different upbringing than what they had previously. Right. But all in the means of being safe, I don't want to put the wrestlers, the people that are there, the spectators, I don't want to have anybody in danger of something happening because you're putting on a spectacle. You're bringing an event that's going to bring the wrong kind of attention to the area that's already has a little shaky grounds to start with. So in my opinion, I'm all for it going on. If they can provide a safe working environment, I'm here for it because yes, we know WWE is catered to a child. Their big focus has been the children. That's why you have top sellers being, you know, the new day, Big E, John Cena in his heyday. Bray Wyatt. Bray, not Bray Wyatt. The kids don't like Bray Wyatt. Come on. That's what are us. you talking about? He's the number That's one us. seller right now. That's us. That's not the kids. That's not the kids. Oh, I'm a kid at heart. Oh, geez, Louise. You really are. You really are. But John anyway. Can to that. Yeah. We're the ones that pushed Wyatt. But we the ones. <laughs> Oosie juice. The Oosie shirt. Are you kids feeling Oosie? Yeah, Javon, you need to be a little more oozy. Come on. You need a little more oozy, man. I'll be a little more oozy. Say I'm down with all of it. Screw it. I'm down. I'm oozy. I'm <laughs> oozing oosiness. <laughs> <sighs> okay, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Hopefully everything goes well this weekend. Man. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I hope those guys are That's safe. That's important. That's that's what's been important since day one. See what sure. I did there? Day one. Let's see. I told you I was feeling oozy. Okay. Let's move on, man. Let's go from oozy to just, 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 I don't know how we're going to go on this one. This might divide us more than this current topic did. Um, this might be even more controversial. All Elite Wrestling, Wednesday Night Dynamite. We had a lot of debuts, man. A lot of shocks and awes. And the biggest one being somebody once again has decided to pay money to see this guy come back into the wrestling world. DDJ, who are we talking about? The Cho Cho Chosen One. No. Okay. So, yeah. It was definitely a shocker. I don't think anybody expected this to happen. But, yes, we had... Uh, the, uh, the appearance of one double J, that's J E double F J A double R E. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, I got you. Time to start pushing some buttons. But, but no. So, yeah, he, Jeff Jarrett showed up, you know, and is aligned with Jay Lethal and his group and stuff. And he declared war on AEW and he cut a promo on how basically the, you know, the legacy or the fingerprints of his you know, his family are, you know, in AEW and stuff. And Sean's doing a uh, very uh, crude uh, hand gesture right now. If you're listening to this on, uh, you know, one of our podcasting platforms like Apple, Spotify, 
anchor or whatever and stuff. G-pop. But in all aspects, you know, Jeff Jarrett is all elite. Uh, he's not only an on-air uh, talent, but he's also, I believe, going to is part Jack of Tony Khan's back office to help with, like, live events or something like that because as they prepare to maybe go more on the road and stuff. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't make any bones about it. I've been a Jeff Jarrett fan for a long time. I, you know, I've liked the gimmicks. I mean, do I think he's, you know, he's, a, you know, is, is he is. Oh, my God, I'm know, falling asleep just listening to you talk about him. You know what? You know what? The, keep it up, and this may be the last time you're ever on this show. Slap notes. Hey, as yes. long as it's the last time he's ever on All Elite, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Man. But, no, I, for one, like I said, I think maybe more, even more so from a backstage perspective, I think this is a good move for AEW. Um, you know what? For a non-talent, wait and see. The fake premiere, Sean. I I hate this in so many ways. So many. So I actually got in trouble on Busted Open Radio today. (laughs) Because Billy Ray just did not agree with me on I he asked the question: Does Jeff Jarrett have changed the channel heat? Well, me being me. Called in, got to speak with him and Tommy. Love the show. Big fan. I absolutely I changed. As soon as I seen Jeff Jarrett, bro, I flipped to the Bulls game. I am not going to lie. I, I am not going to lie. And his and Bully Ray was like, I mean, he legit was just like, well, I got to get into your head. Tell me why. And I was like, because it's not heat. It's just indifference. I could care less about Jeff Jarrett. I have no ungodly reason why this man is on TV and in the ring breaking another fucking guitar. I could care. The crowd went mild. Nobody gave a shit except for one guy in fucking Northern Illinois that's sitting in his basement right now with his hands like this. You're the only, you're the only dude that cared. The only one. I don't, Backstage, behind the curtain, I think, yes, it's a really solid move. I'm not going to take away from the fact that Jeff Jarrett has had an illustrious career. He's a great worker. He gets heat. We all fucking hate him, except for DDJ, obviously. Um, He's a heel, and that's what he does. I can't stand slap nuts. I think that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. What's the Mike Graham line? He's broke a million guitars, ain't made a fucking dollar. The guy started his own federation just so he could be a heavyweight champion, bro. And he carried his dad's belt for a good part of a year, year and a half because he didn't want to spring for one on his own. Okay, I just, I, there is nothing about Jeff Jarrett. I, I've never been a fan. I, I, I don't even care about him getting his ass beat in this feud. I really don't. Like, there is no, nothing. There is no sizzle on, on any of this for me. Of all the guys to bring into Ollie, Tony Khan doesn't need to sign everybody. I just, no, he doesn't. I will agree with you there. I, I sign him and put him backstage. His just his knowledge of the business. I mean, yes, the guy's been. I mean, he was started in the territory days underneath his dad, and I'm I'm not trying to take that away from him and belittle that. 
Jeff Jarrett is a great worker. Yes, he gets heat because nobody likes him. It's just they just don't. Nobody does. I've never been a fan. I don't know anybody, and I swear to God, you're the only guy that I know that's like maybe Ken uh, Tatone. You know, you you and Ken Tatone, one guy in Jersey, are the only two people that in my that I know of that likes Jeff Jarrett at all. I'm just not a fan of any of it. I he should have never had a mic. He shouldn't have been in the ring. And I know they're probably setting this up as a tag match between Darby and Sting and and Jeff, and and that'll be awesome because we get to watch Sting wrestle. But I just I don't. There are so many problems I had with the show last night. There was a lot of high points, but for me, that I mean that just club. There were that was a great match between Jay Lethal and Darby. They were telling a pretty damn good story. And then you have a sneak attack by a guy that nobody even knew who he was when he took his mask off because they don't follow NXT. They have no idea who that was. It Gabe Carter? Is that who that was? Or Cole Carter. Cole Carter. Nobody even knew yeah. who he was. Like, I mean, there was like crickets. When that guy took his mask off, they was like, who the hell is this guy? Is he from catering? They had no idea. And then the big pop is for Je- Jeff fucking Jarrett. Jesus fucking you mother fucker. <laughs> fucking hate your guts. <laughs> I wish I I just wish they would have kept him. I mean, he doesn't need to be involved in this product. That there's nothing he's going to do on TV that's going to help anybody. He is too much of a mark for himself. And he always has been. That's been his problem. That's my problem with Jeff Jarrett. Nobody gives him any respect, so he he's like just trying to somehow will his way into a spot. So now he's on the he's on Tony Khan's tit. <laughs> he could, dude, I would have had way more. I swear to God, and I I mean this with the most. I would have had way more respect for him if they'd have just said. We signed Jeff Jarrett. He's going to be working backstage as a coach or an agent or a booker or a writer. He's but he's going to be backstage away from the fucking product. He doesn't need he doesn't need to be in the ring. He should go back to doing fucking last matches with Ric Flair. Because at this point, as much as I love Rick, those two guys are pretty much on the same level. They cannot stay out of the fucking ring. They just can't. Yeah, but just yeah, I'm sorry. I I, I can't. No, 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 no. I I apologize. I just, dude, I just, of all, I mean, that dude, I legit like that. I was legit hot when I seen him on TV. I was just like, why in the fuck would you do that? I just don't. We, I would have been better. I would have been happier if Disco Inferno walked in there and fucking and fucking hit somebody with a guitar. At least then it wouldn't be Jeff fucking Jarrett. But I digress. But, but and, and I will say this, and this is another reason why I like, you know, most wrestling fans is because in a situation <laughs> like this, obviously Sean and I were very close friends. You know, we're basically brothers. We don't see eye to eye in this, but we, I have enough respect for Sean where I may not necessarily agree with what he says, but I'm going to respect it. That's nice. And I'm That's still trying beautiful. to figure out why you're a Jeff Jarrett fan. Oh, go fuck yourself. I'm just playing, dude. I love you. I respect you. I do. 
All right, Javon, what do you hey, think? Hey, Sean, this one's for you. Dude, don't. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jovan, go ahead, buddy. Oh, shit. That was good. Okay. Jeff Jarrett, double J. Does not move the needle for me either. He really does not. Thank you. Um, if you want proof of everything Sean was saying, watch Tales of, from the Territories. <laughs> you can see in any panel that great he's been show, a part of. Oh, great it's, show. It's fantastic. Great show. Yeah, but any panel he's on there, he's trying to be like, "Oh, remember I was there because I was with my daddy," and everybody's like, "Shut up, dude! Let me tell you what really happened. Yeah. You don't know what really happened. Let me tell you the real story." Yeah. Or um, when he's trying to interject, he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that night." And he goes, "Well, let me tell you how this." Nobody, nobody likes Jeff. Kind of, kind of like, kind of like Ken Patera trying to say that someone else threw the boulder into the <laughs> McDonald's. Ken Patera is full of shit. That, yeah. I, I, love, I love the fact that they all called him out on that, too. I really do. I love how Medusa was like, oh, yes, yeah, somebody else picked up a giant boulder and threw it through the window. That was, that's was that been probably my favorite part of this whole series so far. Come on, Giovanna. Sorry. Uh, watch Tales from the Territories. It's great. Yes. But you could even see it there. He's just there because of his name, man. And that's the whole thing with Jeff Jarrett. WWE Hall of Famer because of who his daddy was, not necessarily because of his in-ring ability. I never, ever, ever, ever consider him being over. Um, I, I can't stand the strut. I can't stand the music. I can't stand the guitar. I can't stand the look. Um, in the yellow sunglasses he used to the wear. Sunglass, yeah, uh, I like the stupid looking like he's out for athletics with the sunglasses and the short shorts. Come on. Anyway, I... Uh, he doesn't move the marker for me. The man invaded Impact and brought in Global Force Wrestling, which was also a fucking dud. Um, he let Dixie Carter ruin TNA for a good long time, um, which they're still having issues rebounding from. And everybody knows I'm an Impact fan. We're still having issues rebounding it from because the fans don't trust the product anymore, even though Scott Demore has been doing a great job. Is because mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett let Dixie throw it down the toilet. Yeah. Um, so he married, he married Kurt Angle's wife. He married Kurt Angle's wife. Yeah, Karen Angle's Karen Jarrett. Um, he's just a real nice guy. I mean, yeah. you know, he's top tier. But I, I think that's my only thing is he kind of he kind of smells like the mark of death for a good federation, right? Impact had something going. Boom, Jeff Jarrett, some bitch failed. I don't want that to happen to AEW. Um, I do agree Tony Khan needs people in his ear helping him book these shows so they don't feel like us playing WWE 2K. Um, And it needs to be, you know, someone helping him saying, hey, this is when you kill the storyline because nobody wants to see fucking House of Black going against whoever their longest feud was that just wouldn't die. Um, The Luchos. Or... Nobody wants to see Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus for the 15th billion time. They want the Christian Cage match. Or yeah. I'm tired of seeing Darby Allen and Andrade for the sixth time. Or somebody needs to be there to tell him that. I don't know if that somebody's Jeff Jarrett. Um, it's not. But, yeah, that's since, who he went with. Since yeah. we're throwing things that we don't want to see on AEW TV again, can we please not see? And I mean, I mean, I have the utmost respect, and I say this with absolutely well, zero disrespect. Can we please never see Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir 
it on on AEW because that and, and I love Vicky Guerrero, but man, that was that was a that to me that was the epitome of drizzling shits. Well, I mean, and it's complete disrespect to a talent like Marina Shabir because she can actually go. That's she what has not looked me. good in her AEW showings. Well, dude, but they're putting her with Super Green. She, they're putting her in the ring with Jade Cargill, who can't wrestle. I'm just, yeah. It's kind of like when they did William Regal; they threw him in the ring with with Goldberg. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, Marina Shafir, if she is a legit worker, like that's a legit, talented, professional wrestler. And Jade Cargill is a stunt girl. <laughs> she does a good bicycle kick. I but I see what Jovan's saying, and again, you know, this is it. Just you know, I just I don't know what it is, but it's just it's not. I don't know if it's not clicking for for Marina and Jay, but it's just it's just sometimes it just it doesn't work between two people. In this case, this is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. I just I, I, well, I mean, don't need. Yeah. To, this again you know these matches are booked and set up to make jade look like she's a competent performer when she's not but see even though and line up all the girls that she's wrestled all the women that she's she's beat and think about that list of people that have been in the ring with her that put her over yeah, I mean, no way Athena should have put her over. No way. And Marina Schaffer shouldn't have put her over. Um, who else? I mean, there's like Under Rosa Ruby, put her over. Under Rosa put her over. Ruby Riot put her over. I mean, Ruby Riot, a, a worker, man. She, you yeah. know, I mean, and, and my problem with it, since we're still on this, my problem with this entire <laughs> storyline with Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill. Oh, yeah. Are you going to oh, have yeah. two shit heels? In a feud, you I mean who you nobody cares. No, nobody like, cares. Yeah, it, 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 it's just I don't know who I'm supposed to be, you know. I mean, I have who I'm rooting for, but I don't know. Am I re- supposed to be rooting for Jade? Am I supposed to be rooting for Nyla? I mean, it, it's just yeah, it's just this whole storyline with Nyla stealing the uh the TBS title. It's just it's stupid. It just it really is. And this and is y'all want spoilers. I do. Nyla's gonna keep that belt. You think so, brother? They already made it long enough to fit her. You saw her wearing it. I don't know. I, I just I, the sooner the storyline ends, the to better. To me, this is mind. this is indicative. Like, just if you take every aspect of AEW and wrap it into this one storyline or this one performer, just Jade, right? You take Jade Cargill and you put her in NXT or the WWE developmental program. You give her those coaches, that ring time, that atmosphere that she's there, that being down there in Florida and working with those people. Jade Cargill is a superstar, a mega superstar in a year. But she's in AEW. And she's everything that, you know, a lot of guys, they want for guys from 18 to 31. This is what they want, right? They want attractive women who are fit and look good in their outfits and can perform. She's got all that, but the last one. like she, But the last one. She can't perform. She can't cut promos. She can't wrestle. 
She can't tell a story. I, you know, there are kids on indie in the indies right now that have been in the indies for two or three years, which is the same amount of time she's been in AEW and are having five-star classic matches compared to the shit that she's doing. And this yeah. woman's walking around with an undefeated record and beating everybody and not showing anybody respect at all. Goldberg. Oh, okay. Well, there you yeah, that was a comparison. I mean, it's just, I, I, I mean, this whole is. I mean, the, the whole Goldberg esque thing. You know, I just here we go, here we go. Since we're on the drizzling shits of the show last night, I want to throw mine out there. And DDJ, feel free to curse me whenever you would like, but I don't give a damn because I have to say it. The drizzling shits for me about AEW Dynamite this week. They were in Baltimore. The land of Ring of Honor. Yeah. They have the Ocho defending against a former Ring of Honor champion. There is a literal bevy of Ring of Honor champions. Not only just main champions, but tag team champions, TV champions, pure champions. Six-man. Six-man champions. Champions that they could have called upon to really give the ROH faithful in Baltimore a good show so they could feel like, hey, maybe they're not going to shit on our product. But what do we get? Oh, they didn't just shit on it. They wiped their ass with it. So They wiped okay. their ass with it. Colt yeah. Cabana. Really? And, and we've really? met Colt. I, I know DDJ knows Colt well. And I've met Colt. He is a great guy. Great person. Great guy. But I kind of feel like that was like a to punk. Yes, and I honestly, you guys, like you said, obviously it's it's very well known. I'm a huge Colt Cabana fan. I make no, I, I will never hide my fandom of any professional wrestler. Well, no, I well, like Colt, dude. I, I I think Colt's a great worker. I'm not. I, yeah, I'm with you on but, that. but no, great I'm guy, in agree- wrong spot. I'm in I'm in agree I'm in agreement with you guys that I think because I even think I've said this to myself as I was watching this last night. I said to me, if that doesn't signify that Punk is done with. AEW, I don't know what else what would. Yeah. Because there's that, you know, the rumor going around that, you know, Punk it was the reason why Colt was never on AEW and why he was, you know, basically transferred to the Ring of Honor brand, which again, great move for Colt because I think he's he's going to be, you know, a great, you know, asset to the Ring of Honor brand as they try to rebuild it up and stuff, but I thought the match was minus the spot where they fell off the top turnbuckle, which I'm not quite sure what exactly happened? I thought the match was. I, I I'll, like the match. I'll, I can explain it to you. He fell. <laughs> That's it, man. He just fell. I mean, it was just a bad spot. He just fell. He has ring rust. He hasn't. Yeah. Dude, Chris Jericho is a great performer. I would never, ever take anything away. Chris Jericho at 30, 35, could have had a five star match with Colt Cabana and carried him the whole way. Chris Jericho at 52, and trust me, I know I am 52. Dude, this just you can't you happy birth belated birthday, by the thank way. You, thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy but belated. I just Colt hasn't been in the ring, man. I mean, he hasn't worked, and that was just I don't know what that was. I, I don't. And here's another thing that bugged me about the show now that we're still talking about it. Do you guys realize there were three? They they did the same spot three different times. Darby got hit from behind with a guitar. Yes. Uh, Wardlow 
pit from behind at the end of the show. And then there was one more spot. I can't even remember who it was. Oh, uh, Daddy, Daddy ass. ass. Yeah. Yeah. They did the same spot three different times in the same show. It feels like when you're There's playing. There's got to be a movies. producer in the back watching this going, maybe we shouldn't do the same shit three times. Do you ever play those uh, those wrestling GM games on the mobile apps? And it's like <laughs> you only have. I play the GM have... on the 2K22. Well, no, no, not that, though. I mean, the ones, the generic ones, buddy, that you get the little wrestling cards and you get to pick out, like, how you play your cards for the week. Are you going to have a promo? Are you going to have a backstage? It feels like they just kept picking back interference from behind, from behind for everything because yeah. it's the only card they have left to play. Maybe somebody was playing that AEW one. Could be. <laughs> but um, but I, I just, like I said, it was, you know, it was what it was and stuff. But, yeah, like I said, ultimately I think that was kind of like the uh, – the fu the, that was a bit of an fu to punk. I think. I think that first. I, I, I agree with that. I think John Cena prefers the attitude adjustment now. I think they stopped calling it the fu when people thought that it was a negative connotation, not yeah. because of the f five, but the fu, right? So it's the attitude mm. adjustment now. But it's okay. And also, too, you know, with the, this AEW stuff, it, it, I think we've all we're all in agreement. The honeymoon period for AEW is over. It's been yeah, over. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's time been to over share, for everybody yeah. that's not a supermark. It's yeah, it, yeah, like uh, certain bearded geniuses that Jovan and I know <laughs> had to take that dig. I did, man, because it's true. But I mean, but it, I mean, and the thing is, is it, the honeymoon's over with, and WWE's getting better. Like, there's no bones about it. like the WWE product right. is 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 getting really good to the point where they, yeah, they're definitely well, tightening. I'll, I'll put it. And and Sean will Sean will not appreciate this because of uh, the reference I'm about to make, but the WWE product has gotten to a point where our friend Patrick is actually watching it again. And Patrick hasn't watched WWE in over five years, maybe yeah. longer. And the guy, yeah, and Jovan, you know Patrick, and I don't like, know if you had a chance to talk with him about how he used to be just so just yep. just just the anti WWE. The fact that like in our chat he mentioned the other day, he's like, oh yeah, he's I, like, watch, I watch Raw. Raw. I yeah, yeah, wrong, yeah and I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I like, I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. you actually. So that yeah, if that if those that know years, Patrick and know his years. fandom and stuff, that right there it just tells you how much better the WWE has got. Well, let's let's get to some good stuff so we can transition to finishing this up on a high note. One good thing, at least from AEW this week, we had the All Atlantic Championship match, which. I'm going to boost past the match. Darby, uh, not Darby, damn. Darby 2.0, oh. fucking Orange Cassidy, won the match. Which, of course, they're not going to take the belt off of him yet. But he got to do his dream match. And somebody from NJPW answered that call, DDJ. Man, we when, when Jovan and I went to Forbidden Door, this guy that we're about to talk about, probably got the biggest pop of the night or arguably yes. the biggest pop of the night. And that's talking about Katsuyori Shibata, who if you're a hardcore New Japan fan, you know that name. And the fact that he's even wrestling based on what happened to him a couple years ago is a miracle. But yeah, when Shibata came out at Forbidden Door, the whole, like literally it felt like the roof was going to blow off the United Center. The yep. same thing happened last night when he came out. 
Like I'm sitting there watching the show and I've got my seven-year-old son sitting next to me and I go, when he comes out, I'm like, whoa. And and my, and my son goes to me, he's like, daddy, you scared me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry, buddy. I just got really excited and stuff. So, but I mean, that's because I was, you know, I mean, nobody expected that. And it was really cool how they did it. You know, Shibata came out to help. And then, you know, Orange Cassidy took a look at the contract. He looked at Shibata and then he handed him the contract. And I was like, oh my God, we're getting this Friday night. We're getting Orange Cassidy versus Shibata. And I think it just recently came out that this is actually at the request of Shibata. Like he wanted to work with two people in AEW and Orange Cassidy was one. And I think, was it Danielson was the other? Or? Brian Danielson is the okay. other. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, eventually we're going to get to see that match. But just this is this is going to be real. I think I, I this alone sells me. I'm watching uh, for Rampage. Definite. Well. I probably won't be able to watch it live because I'll probably be uh, into my third or fourth beer at the time because I'll be at a wedding, but, <laughs> and it's an open bar. So there you go. But, uh, but no, I, I definitely will make it a point to watch uh rampage because I want to see that match. For sure. Silver Wolf, you got anything for us? I almost man, I feel like Joey K just came over and was like, "No, nope, I'm good." No, I do. I I think it's, <laughs> for me that little problem. Like there was high points and low points for me in the show last night. Like I, I compared to like the last four weeks that we've had, I felt like there was a lot of momentum building, and then last night it kind of just. I felt like there was matches that were just sloppy. That there was things going on that shouldn't be going on. I I'm still irritated by the inconsistency and that just completely chaotic storylines. Like they just, you know, like the whole Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Garcia thing like that. That's just, that's over. Like that was just whatever that was. Don't know. Yeah. It's done. Uh, last night we were supposed to have a one-on-one interview between, uh, Dr. Baker or, you know, Britt Baker and Soraya. Baker's not even there. So, and they were, you know, the whole, that was like one of the points of the show was being built around. Mm-hmm. And then like they, and I'm jokingly, I'm giving you some props, I guess all ego Ethan page who has not done anything in three years now in the last two weeks that are making him some kind of like five star heel machine they're and finally just all, doing something with him, and that's all going to be over because you know he's going to get a match with mox he's going to get his ass kicked and he's going to be right back down at the other end of the card so i just don't i don't understand what they're doing like i i feel like wwe is doing this and i feel like aew is still like they're they're kind of booking you know i, I feel like tony's kind of like booking for himself you know a little bit and, and see, I and want I to show you how clever I am. So this is what I'm going to do. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I feel like they need and, a little bit more structure, a little bit more stability, and they definitely need some help with this young talent that they got. And, I mean, I like what they're doing with Hobbs coming in, and like I think him and Wardlow will have a good match. You know, and I love the, the the Joe match last night with Brian Cage. I mean, that was a really good match with two great yeah. big super heavyweights going at it. And that was a great match, but 
My problem with that was Brian Cage gets choked out and then he's immediately outside of the ring talking shit. Dude, if you get, you know, Darby Allen took a guitar shot and didn't move for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage gets choked out by Samoa Joe and 30 seconds later, he's standing outside the ring yelling and screaming. Yeah. There, It's just those little things that you can you pick up on that you're just like, come on, man. I mean, you've been around long enough. You know better. Darby, you know Darby could have been concussed, though. Darby could have been concussed. Well, I mean, he well, very easily could have. But, I mean, those are the bumps that, that Darby takes. But that's the difference between Darby and other guys. He knows how to sell. The reason why people like Darby is because he takes those ridiculous, crazy bumps, a la Mick Foley. And here's something else you may or may not know, because I don't know if you've ever been to an indie show that Darby Allen worked. He was doing the same thing, whether he was in the Bourbon Street Bar here in Northern Illinois or at a VFW that he's doing an AEW. He was taking all them crazy bumps in front of 50 people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, very Mick Foley in his delivery and his character development. Yeah, party and, to me. And, and how, I mean, like he, whenever he gets in the ring, he's giving everybody what he's got, man. It doesn't matter where he's at. Whereas guys like Brian Cage, who I feel like are fighting to get on TV, then they get their opportunities. And I, I love Brian Cage. I, he's a great performer. He's big. He's athletic. He does a lot of great shit for a guy his size. But there's still stuff there that can be worked on, that can be fixed, that would make the show better and a little bit more believable. One of the things that kind of concerns me about what you said there is a really good take. Is you talked about how Tony Khan seems to be booking for himself. I think that was a lot of our big, like one of our biggest complaints about Vince McMahon, you know, in this later time, you know, later, you know, time when, you know, as, you know, the man in WWE, because it felt like he was booking for himself too. And I can actually kind of see that a little bit. And I feel like that's why my enjoyment of AEW has, you know, steadily decreased while my enjoyment of WWE has increased because I think it's almost like a, a, a reversal of the roles because it went, you know, Tony Khan was booking for the fans when he first started out and everybody was all into it, but it doesn't seem like to me that's the case anymore. And I feel like, and I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not, but it feels like Triple H is doing what Tony Khan was doing when AEW first started. He's yeah. booking for the fans. He's giving them what they want to see. And it's just, it's scary because, you know, two, three years ago, it was the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, I, I think Triple H is always booked that way. When he, I mean, he's always booked from the like, black and gold. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. You know, I, I think that's why everybody was really hoping, you know, when all this stuff started coming around, it's like, you know, let's hope Triple H, you know, get takes over because, and everybody wanted Triple H to take over because, like, as Jovan just mentioned, is demonstrated by how the black and gold, you know, you know NXT. That was, you know, what everybody was wanting. That was every that was that was Triple H, and you know, and now we're seeing it on the main roster, and it's being reflected in their ratings. It seems like backstage morale they're saying is the highest it's has been in like, you know, I don't God knows how long and stuff and everything. And it's just it just seems like the it's so weird that like again, three years ago, AEW was here and WWE was here, and you know, three years later, it's the other way, it's the almost an exact yeah. 180. Well, sad, but it happens. The wrestling <laughs> world is also 
a very volatile world. It's full of ebbs and flows. You have your good years, your bad years. For every attitude era, you get the ruthless aggression era. So it happens. Now, let's wrap up with a little NJPW talk, DDJ. Tell me, where are our picks in the television title hunt? Well, we'll start off with the fact that Joey Case pick uh, was eliminated in the first round. We'll get that out of the way. And this time he's not here to defend himself, so I had to get that in there. But all three of our picks, uh, real quick to give our shooters a just a little bit of a refresher on who we picked. I picked Red Narita to win. Jovan, who did you pick? I picked Sonata. And uh, Sean, uh, who did you pick? Zach Sabre Jr. Be all fighting. three of our Yvonne's baby mama next, I think. Yeah. So all three of our picks are still in it. Um, Zach Sabre, we're down to the final four of this tournament. Uh, we've got Zach Sabre Jr., Sean's pick, going up against uh, uh, baby Yvonne's baby mama, uh, Evil. And then we've got my pick, Ren Narita. There we go, right there. Uh, we've got Ren Narita. Uh, my pick going up against Sonata, who is Jovan's uh, pick and stuff. So... Uh, it's going to be interesting. So we've got at least one of our picks is guaranteed to be in the finals. You know, whoever wins it, and I mean, we could have a showdown between. Could either be myself versus Sean, or Jovan versus Sean, or it could be one of us versus you know nobody because nobody picked uh, Evil to win. I swear, if it's Sonata versus Evil and Evil wins, it's just like my baby mama to fuck me out of something else again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, uh, boy! Five seconds, gentlemen. Five uh, seconds. Oh, right. Man. Let's wrap this one. Feel like we've gone on good time today. We've hit a lot of good things. Let's go. Final thoughts. Uh, you know what? Since he's not here, let's start with Sean. Because we never let the premiere start. He's not a starter. He's more of a finisher. But Sean, I feel like you can take us home tonight. I mean, well, first off, I'm going to say, uh, you know, I hope Joey Case back with us soon. Um, I, I enjoy being here, but, you know, with him not being here, it, always, it does feel kind of funny. So I hope everything's good and we get him back soon. Um, I'm really, uh, I don't know, there's a couple different things this the last week over um, with the wrestling and everything that was going on. But what I would like to talk about, is uh, I want to give a shout out to my wife who will eventually watch the a full episode of Shooting Shit. I think, maybe. Um, but uh, last weekend got to celebrate my 52nd birthday, and we, for whatever reason, everything just kind of worked out the way um, we wanted it to. We got a chance to go down to Louisville, Kentucky, and the person that she happened to rent our Airbnb cabin from, which was on the lake and amazing with a hot tub and all oh, that. Oh man, stuff. I was jealous of you. That looks so just crazy. happened to be uh work for the CEO of the Muhammad Ali Center. So not only did our uh our visit to the Muhammad Ali Center get comped because we didn't have to pay for tickets or parking. Oh um, wow. We also got some free merch and I still bought the the gift shop out. <laughs> after getting some free stuff and not only that but we also got uh some extra tickets and some other stuff that we're going to donate to uh uh St. Paul's uh Lutheran School which is where uh our stepson my stepson her son goes to school for the raffle this year that's going to make some money for him so that's awesome um, we had a great time um 
I can't say enough about her. The reason why I get to do this stuff and enjoy the, I mean, there's a lot of wives that wouldn't put up with, you know, their husband sitting on their butt and watching five, six, seven, eight hours of wrestling every week. And then staying up one night every week till 11, 30, 12 o'clock, you know, recording uh, with his friends and just hanging out and talking wrestling, but she does it with grace and love and a smile. And I know there are times where I get on her nerves, but I just wanted to know how much I appreciate her and how much I love her. And I want to thank you guys for, you know, the birthday wishes and all the birthday wishes I got from, the wrestling community, the IWC. Thank you guys so much. Love you all. I feel like I should cuss and like storm off, but I'll let Joey K do that when he gets back. Yeah, that's he that's probably it. try to sue you for copyright gimmick infringement. <laughs> he so. probably would. But yeah, man, um, that's good. That's all I got. Well, you also forgot to mention one other thing that happened to you this week. You became oh a, yeah yeah new grandfather again. Man, so congratulations. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, beautiful ba- baby there. You know, your son uh, Jordan. You know, was a proud father of and stuff, and so congrats from uh, the hot one and I. Silver Wolf got another one in the pack. We get to we get to see him this weekend. So they'll actually day after tomorrow they'll be up. Awesome, so we'll awesome. And get to hold him. So and I, and I'll be expecting my Muhammad Ali shirt in the mail sometime in the next week. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I, get, I just gotta gotta find a three X. They don't sell them. Yeah, I know. It's, it's they they don't like fat people. But they sound um, like pro wrestling tees. Yeah. But oh. I my my final thought this week, and you know me, I'm a about as much fun loving guy as it as as it as it gets and stuff, but it's very rare that I ever want to kind of get serious. And I, I kind of want to get serious about something. Uh and this is something that I recently come across the the, the newswire, but it just it really tugged at my heartstrings because I know people that have friends and family members that have gone through this. And that's uh, what Carmela has been going through. Um, she recently, it was announced that um, she was just recently in the emergency room and she unfortunately suffered a miscarriage. And it's just, I believe it was an ectopic pregnancy or something like that. Or she had that. And it's just that my heart breaks for, you know, something like that because I've had very good, I've had, really close friends have to experience something like that. I've had family members. My sister um, had gone through it a couple of times and it's just, you know, you never wish someone just imagine the highs of, you know, finding out you're pregnant and you're going to be a parent. And then just one day that's just taken from you. And it's not through anything you did. And you sit there and wonder, what did I do to deserve this? Did I do something wrong? What is, you know, God or, you know, why am I being punished for something like this? And it just, it, 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 if, if, if something like this doesn't break your heart as a wrestling fan or just as a human being in general, then in my opinion, you have no soul and I want nothing to do with you because this is just the ultimate uh, kick in the punch and little bit of a peek behind the curtain in my life. You guys know I'm, I'm the father of a seven-year-old boy who was the coolest dude in the world. My bestest buddy, as I always like to refer to him as. And uh, I'll never forget the day that I found out. Um, and this was actually the day before Thanksgiving, about almost eight years ago, almost to the day um, that we were having a boy. And then being that emotionally high and then like a few, about a half hour later, being told that there could potentially be something wrong with, you know, him. And it's just, 
that my mom always used to tell me just she'll never forget the just when I called her and just how I was on the phone and just I think I think I think you know God or you know whatever I I just I'm so thankful that he turned out the way he did because I couldn't imagine him you know I could never imagine him not being in my life and it's just what Carmela and Corey Graves are going through I would never wish that on anybody and I just I feel for them so much. Sorry to be a bit of a downer, but that's just something I've been thinking about nonstop since I heard about it. Yeah, I definitely should have had you lead. Mistakes <laughs> were made. Mistakes were made. Well, no, Nobody's right. perfect, Jovan. It's good, man. It's I need good. to start asking it's beforehand, good. what are your final thoughts? Give me more or less so I can map it out. Because, damn it, don't want to end on that. Ah, so it's for me to bring it back home. Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Let's see how are we gonna. You don't ever it? apologize for having a heart, man. That's don't worry about. I it. never will. Yeah, don't man. ever apologize for having a heart, DDJ. Unless it's Bret Hart, who was the drizzling shits, and I will stand by that every day oh. of the week. That can come at me. Oh God, I think oh. Sean's about ready to jump through the screen. <laughs> Bret the shit man heart. Anyway, wow. <laughs> He's got okay. the glasses over his forehead. He's he's stewing right I now. I can't even talk to this motherfucker. Right <laughs> Wasn't even the better heart. Owen was ten times better than Bret Hart. Oh my god! Jovan, <laughs> you better just do. We better get out of here because I I I feel the tension's getting so thick. I can cut it with a knife. My final thoughts of the night. Owen Hart as the Blue Grazer was better than anything Brett's done his whole career. Who the career. fuck is the Blue Grazer? The Blue, whatever the fuck he was. The Blue, the shit Blazer. that had the mask. What you was couldn't it? even get that right. God. What was I, the name? I don't. What was, I don't, the, what was it, the Blazer? Dude, I don't, I don't think I can. This ain't even one lighter. Like, dude, look, I don't, I, this ain't even my show, and I don't think I can let you host anymore. <laughs> I. I <laughs> He was the best there never was, the best there never will be, and the best there never. Oh never, my God! In the immortal words of JK, you better pray to whatever God fear, God <laughs> gun carrying God you pray to. I got a Texas who oh loves God. boots wrestling. The Von Erichs. I don't, honey, I don't know why he don't look because he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> hey, Sean. I don't know. Hey, Sean. Or hey, Jovan. Yes, you sir. Sean's gonna inflict a worse pain, worse pain on you than your mom did with that rock DVD. <laughs> Look here, I'm gonna say this for the shit man. Edge got his neck broken. He's back anyway. Yeah. So let's end it there, DDJ. Cut the tapes, hit the lights. Thank you to the girls out there in the county, the guys in catering, to Joey K somewhere in the filth that is Philadelphia, and Eagles for- won by the way. Oh, good job for the Eagles. Phillies lost, bastards. Messed up my parlay. But the Phillies hey, lost. They did lose. Or they're they're losing. I know they're well, in the bottom. They had it on the TV, but the boss came home and turned it off. So I don't. <laughs> I, I don't uh, I've been I notorious don't for watching watching stuff while we record. The guys get on to me a lot, but it doesn't matter. I was doing just fine until you got here. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. There's Uh-oh. no better way to end it, DJ, before the elbow comes flying through the screen. I got the perfect <laughs> way to end Hey, I got uh, the perfect dude. way to end this I'll show. tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to put her ass on a pl- Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs>
fucking hate you both. I hate you both. <laughs> Do not forget to hit the like and subscribe button. Follow the show on Twitter at S-H-O-O-T-I-N-S-H-T and thanks for listening.